Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is a very special episode of the HR Social Hour. John and Wendy talk to Tom Daniels and Lori Gobble. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I am well. We are incredibly fortunate to have great sponsors and and people in our lives like the Bowling Green State University Graduate Programs and Organization Development and Change. (laughs) Yes, Tom, I have learned how to say it. Easy for you to say. (laughs) We had such a great time working with BGSU last year. A lot of you listened to that episode with Tom and Dr. Steve Cady, who pretty much talked us into trying to figure out how to get to get to Bowling Green ever so often for classes. Tom had approached us about partnering again this year and wanted to bring on an alum to talk about a lot of things. And Lori's in our space. We're really excited to be able to have her take part. We're going to break from tradition. (laughs) For those of you who have been listening for 260 plus episodes, Tom is going to make the introduction and then we'll get started. Yes. Great, John, Wendy. Thank you so much for uh, for having us back. And uh, again, we're very happy to partner with with you guys. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast and big fan of the, the HR community. And I'm very excited and happy to introduce to the HR community, um, Lori Gobble. Lori is a high energy and very positive human being. I'm sure you're going to notice that throughout uh, today's interview. And professionally, she's an HR guru and started her 15th year with Westfield Insurance in Westfield Center, Ohio. She started there as a learning operations manager, and she's now the talent leader for the organization. Uh, She's a very proud 2015 alum of our Executive Master of Organization Development Program at Bowling Green State University. And when she's not working, you can typically find her enjoying her time with her Brady Bunch family. Um, And I'm going to leave it up to her to share a little bit more (laughs) about that. And uh, Lori, thanks for being here. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a real honor to be with you today. I appreciate it. Great job, Tom. I'll just stay retired. You can come on and uh, and introduce all our guests. I love it. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, we do start uh, every episode the same way, and that is with asking, what is in your glass? We'll start Tom. So, Wendy, I, I picked up a local brew, one of my favorite local brews from Ernest Brew Works, and it's called, it's something actually our friend Steve Brown would be very interested to have, um, but it's called Crunchy Hippie. Oh, um, yeah, so that's a Steve Brown brew, if <laughs> there ever was one. Crunchy Hippie. Crunchy Hippie, yep. It's a granola brown ale. Ooh. Fantastic uh, Ooh. beverage. So, yeah, Steve, I know Steve Brown would be very, <laughs> this is totally down his line. Definitely. I'm going to mention that to the guys here in Brookings because that sounds delicious. I think we need that needs to be uh, spread out. And Lori, what is in your glass? You know, Wendy, it is cold in Canton, Ohio tonight. And so I have a big cup of coffee with Baileys Baileys in it. I know. I'm warming up with every sip. I might need to run and get some of that because, yeah, I think it's zero here in South Dakota. So I I hear (laughs) you. Lori, I think you're the second person of late that's drinking coffee in the evening with us. Uh, kudos yeah. to you if it's leaded. It's so Our leaded. Good Matt Henry is always drinking <laughs> leaded coffee, and I don't know how you how you operate. Kudos to you. Yeah. Laura, we have to ask, how in the world did you get your start in HR? Yeah. I, well, thanks for asking. I actually started my career as a preschool teacher. I have an early childhood education degree, and so I 
started way back in the day in education, and I ended up starting having children, enough children to have my own preschool, so I stayed at home. I was a stay-at-home <laughs> mom for a while. And then, you know, life happens, and it gets in the way. And so uh, with a divorce, I needed to get back into the workforce. I got a job at GE. There was an opening in the corporate learning and development department about a year after I started there, and I, I got the job as a trainer pretty early on in my career. Kind of my path into HR started in corporate learning and development, and I've had the good pleasure to expand and get to do a whole bunch more things um, in HR since then, but that's, that's how it all began. Yet another educator. Yep. I actually have a master's in music ed. Okay. And taught public school before I got into this crazy world too. So <laughs> telling you, there's there's several of yes. us that have come through this program that have <laughs> that, that pursued that path. Uh, I love it. So, Lori, uh, obviously, you decided to go back and get your master's degree. What made you decide to go back? And then, why did you choose Bowling Green? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, Wendy. Earning my grad school degree was on my bucket list, and I wanted to do it before I was 50. And the closer I got to 50, <laughs> the less and less I likely I thought that goal was going to, to be uh, achieved. What happened was I got to Westfield, and I started there in a learning role. My predecessor actually quickly took an interest in developing me to be her successor. But what was super interesting about it was that the CEO and the senior leadership team only saw me through a learning lens, but this role was much broader than that. So there was responsibility for talent review and succession and performance management and many other OD and change management. They didn't have any exposure to me with having that kind of expertise or experience. And I had some, but she and I agreed that uh, me pursuing a degree would really not only just certainly build my skill and help me kind of shore up what seemed to be some pretty innate capability in those areas, but it would give me some street cred. I started searching and she wanted me to just get a, an MBA. She, she didn't really want me to get too crazy. And I basically said, I don't, I don't want to go back unless I can get the degree I want to get. And I have a real heart and passion for OD and change management. And when I found the Bowling Green program, it was like hand in glove. I mean, it was just like they made this program for Lori Gobble. <laughs> I chose it because I really was not interested in an online, of 100% online degree. And with the residency um, experience and the reputation of Bowling Green and the classes that were offered, the quality and the affordability, it, it just was a very quick and easy decision. I had one conversation with Tom, my dear friend, and I was sold. Well, like we said, he almost talked us into it. He seems to be a very persuasive I'm individual. I, you. I have yeah, no, doubt. I have no yeah. doubt. You chose the executive master's in organization development program. You said the courses really fit what you were interested in. How has the learning that you picked up, the education that you gained, how have you been able to apply that? And you know, what do those results look like for you? from day to day? This question is a fun one because I think Tom will remember this. I was always the person who in class was saying, how am I going to apply this on Monday morning? Like I was, I was not super interested in the academic theoretical side of it. I wanted to know how I could use it. There was just so much in the program in terms of practical tools, approaches, frameworks, you know, resources, 
connection with experts that I, I really was able to immediately begin applying what I was learning in projects that were happening at work as I was starting the program. You know, in a it's a cohort-based program, and so we we have a lot of projects that we have to do, and we they ask students to bring projects from their work. And I had a small cohort. There were about 15 of us, and, and there were only about seven or eight of us that were really in roles that had work that would be applicable to project work. So we did a lot of Westfield projects. I got a bunch of work done during grad school with the free help of my <laughs> cohort colleagues. They're all honorary Westfield employees. They tease me about that to this day. Literally, it was where I was introduced to things like Appreciative Inquiry, World Cafe, the Star Model, Ideal Leader Self. I mean, there are just so many wonderfully brilliant things that they gave me. It was a true gift that expanded my perspective. And I just I just take those tools and frameworks and concepts and apply them continuously. In terms of how it turned out, you know, a lot of those tools have really enabled us to do good work at Westfield. So I can point to OD initiative after OD initiative and change management work um, over the years. That's been a direct benefit of those, those tools and those frameworks. But I've also had two promotions since I graduated. The person who was grooming me to succeed her promoted me into that role. I graduated in August and I, I got the new role in September. And then she left right after the first of the year. And then the role that I'm in now, which is a much broader talent role, I got that last April. It's working out pretty well. Yeah, I'd like to use Lori as an example typically and say, Lori's the, the best example I can think of of somebody who says, hey, I had 14 unpaid professional interns helping me out with projects to work. Right? It was great. Uh, yeah. I love, I mean, again, that's a great selling point for the program is you get extra help at work. Yeah, if you can use, uh, you know, an assignment, you can actually bring yeah. a project from work and use it as an assignment. And of course, there's confidentiality right. and there's things that you got to be cautious of, right? But uh, but when you can actually bring a project from work and say, hey, we can work on this project for this assignment. And by the way, I'm going to take it to work on Monday and show my boss, hey, I had 14 other professional unpaid interns helping yeah. me. <laughs> this. It, it, it's a great option. I think that's wonderful. It just kind of goes to show the community that you build within the program itself and the networking. That's what we talk about all the time is now you have this huge network of folks who could come to work for you or go work for others and just spreading the love and the wealth of, of information. I love it. Lori, Tom mentioned that you have a Brady Bunch family, which means there's a lot going on at home. So a lot of us have that as well. We're, we're trying to balance a lot of things. So with everything that you had going on, how did you find integrating, balancing, making it all fit while adding graduate school, even though you did have 14 others helping you with some of that work? Well, what I can promise you is it took a village to get Lori through grad school. So, um, and so I, I think I'm already proving that. I'm in a second marriage and my husband and I have six kids together. Whew. You know, lots of extended family. We have five grandbabies now. We, we didn't have any then. My first grandbaby was born like right before I graduated. So that was perfect timing because wow. I needed time to hold that baby. I honestly, the support, the, the support infrastructure that I had at both work and at home 
was absolutely mission critical to my success. I feel like my husband earned this degree right along with me, to be honest with you. And then he took his turn later in cybersecurity. So we're, we're even now. I had to sit down and have a conversation with my family. I mean, I had to talk to, I talked to my mom and dad, my siblings, my kids. I will tell you, and when Tom asks me to talk to other people about considering the program, I just say, hey, get the infrastructure lined up. Get the support and the commitment of your family to, to travel down the journey and the road with you. And I had to make hard trade-offs. You know, you're, you're going to school for 18 months, and there were lots of things I had to say no to in the summer. There are some family Saturday traditions. We have brunch every Saturday, my mom and sister and I and my children. And there were times I had to miss because I had a paper due, and they were all super great and understanding I think organization, there were just, there was not procrastinating. You know, you really had to be thoughtful about how the Lego pieces were all going to fit together and what you were going to do when. So I didn't give myself too many nights off. But if you do it in little chunks, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to make it unwieldy. And then just, I think just grit, you know, just some perseverance. I did graduate with my master's degree before I was 50. And that was really, that was a big deal to me. And so having that kind of personal motivation dangling in front of me and just staying committed to it was, was I think, part of it, too. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Lori, a lot of our listeners consider going back to school, or maybe going to school to start. For those that are considering a graduate degree, those HR professionals like you that were thinking about it at one, that you thought about it and you did it, what advice, what tips would you give those folks that are considering a program, be it at BGSU or anywhere else for that matter? What I think I would say about that is I think you have to understand what it is that you are trying to achieve. What is the desired outcome at the end of this thing? Because to be honest with you, especially if you're a non-traditional adult student trying to get this done while you're juggling all the things we were talking about, just doing it to do it and then not using it it doesn't set you up for success, I don't think. So, you know, to illustrate that point, just again, you know, my boss wanted me to do just a general MBA and I knew the work I wanted to do. And so I just, you know, respectfully disagreed and found the program that I knew was the perfect fit for the work I wanted to do and lining all of those things up, lining up your personal value system, lining up you know, kind of your ideal self and where you see yourself, what you envision and, you know, kind of forward vision yourself achieving is really important because then I think you can find the right program and get the right things in place. I would never do it just to say you did it. I'll just share. I think that one of the things, um, just as, as kind of Lori mentioned, is is, is ha having a conversation with with somebody like Lori or or somebody who's graduated from a program like that, right? So, um, uh, again, Lori kind of mentioned she's. It's not uncommon for me to say, "Hey, Lori, I have somebody who's got a similar background to you. Are you open to having a conversation about your experience?" And and that's typically what we're trying to do with our program is is trying to connect somebody like you. Um, so Lori doesn't talk to everybody because um, if I could get everybody to talk to Lori, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> right. But, but if, if I can get somebody who's got a similar background, um, who can I, who can have a conversation where you can say, Hey, well, what am I going to really learn from a program like this? Um, it can be quite valuable. Well, I think that transition is real nice, Tom. We want you now to talk more about the programs and telling us a little bit more about how your program differs from other programs. Cause we know it's awesome. 
when when people are looking at graduate programs, they're looking at a lot of different things, and they should be looking at a lot of different ones. We're talking to HR pros, so now you have the avail- the ability to talk to our listeners as HR pros and what BGSU has to offer them. Lori shared, obviously, a lot of information about her experience and why she chose a, a program like the BGSU Executive Master of Organization Development Program. A lot of those reasons make a lot of sense. You know, from uh, from from our standpoint, the MOD program, as well as our doctorate program, sit in the College of Business. So they are business degrees. It's it's uh, sometimes uh, a program like ours might sit in the arts and sciences or a public policy type of degree, but ours is a business degree. So we, we kind of look at it as the people side of business. Um, and so our program is a business degree. So when Lori mentioned, hey, I was thinking about an MBA, well, I end up with the MOD still a business degree. It's just that the focus is a little bit more specialized in, in the OD space. Both of our programs, both the master's degree and the doctorate degree in OD and change are designed for working professionals. So uh, as Laurie mentioned, hey, practical use. I, I go in each class, I'm going to learn something and I can apply it to the work that I'm doing. So we want to make sure that uh, for all of our students, because they're all working professionals, that it is designed to make sure that it's practical use. Both programs are also uh, designed with a very flexible schedule. So they blend that opportunity of the of virtual or online learning with the in-class experiences that many of our students crave, um, that cohort experience, that connection with other working professionals, the opportunity to be able to share and experience those uh, those learning opportunities. And in, in some cases, those weekends really become almost like these almost like a conference for the weekend. This, this, I'm away for the weekend. I get this opportunity to really connect with uh, my cohort members. We haven't seen each other in two and a half months and here we are connecting and then we're not going to can again connect until eight, two and a half months uh, in person. And so being able to blend the, the in-person along with that virtual opportunity is priceless. And then as Lori mentioned, it's, well, what can I do from there? Um, if you take the opportunity to be able to learn in the program, the, the more you put in, you get you get out what you put in. Um, and so the students who come in with a mindset like Lori did where, hey, I'm focused on how do I take this stuff? How do I use this stuff? And then a month after she graduates, she's getting promoted. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, she's getting promoted again, right? So it, the more that you put in, the more you're going to get out, the more opportunities you have to, to be able to align uh, where you want to go. And then finally, I would say yeah, getting that opportunity to have 14, 15, 16 unpaid professional interns <laughs> helping you find <laughs> some work opportunities. Um, that's the practicality of the, of, of the type of program. So the high quality, the convenience, obviously in a very practical degree is, is the design of, of both our master's degree program as well as our doctorate program. Lori, one of the things that we like to do is we crowdsource questions. It helps us lighten our burden a little bit. And in this case, Kyle Holiday asks, which I think is pertinent to the conversation when it comes to learning today. What's something you learned outside of HR that's been impactful in your career in HR? I was raised in a really spiritual, religious home. One of the things that I was taught from being a little girl was extending grace and kindness to others and being a servant to others. I'm a big fan of servant leadership. I'm just a big fan of the power of grace and the power of kindness, the power of gratitude. And so I think some of those values that were instilled in me when I was a little girl helped me differentiate in HR. I mean, I I just think that people 
are willing to listen when you approach the work in that kind of a way. And so uh, that's how I'd answer that question. All right. Well, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. Lori, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? Talk show host. I can see it. Now I should maybe say (laughs) podcast host because you guys are making this look so cool. (laughs) Lori, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year you think more people should know? I have a new colleague at Westfield and he's the HR business partner leader. So I manage our talent center of excellence and he's the HRBP leader. His name's Tyrone Fripp. And I adore working with him. He's got really good business savvy and he knows how to have fun. And so we are having such a good time reimagining HR at Westfield and he's a real joy to work with. If you could go back to the start of your career, Lori, what advice would you give yourself based on what you know now? I think I would tell myself to be brave and speak up sooner because someone else is probably thinking or wondering what you're thinking. And I just really struggled with confidence, being willing to kind of put myself out there. And I would say, listen, girl, do it. Because everybody everybody else is thinking it too. Lori, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR or talent community or community at large? Yeah, we're pretty active in our church. So we do spend quite a bit of time engaging there. We have some favorite charities that we engage with as well. A couple related to kind of food insecurity, because I think that when someone's hungry, that's the only thing they can think about. And so when you can give someone that gift, then they can kind of get that out of their way and they can learn or be helped. And so we have a special place in our our hearts for them. And my husband is a Marine, former Marine. And so we do um, some support for the SAM Center here in Canton. It's a veteran organization. And I do some active mentoring in the Cleveland SHRM chapter um, with some early career people. I have a couple mentees right now that I'm really enjoying listening to and helping and learning from. Awesome. What is your favorite movie? If it's Disney and it's animated, I'm in. Okay, now is that strictly Disney? Is that Pixar or okay? Fair. Anything under the umbrella? But how about if it's on Disney Plus and it's animated, (laughs) or in the Mar or in the Marvel universe? That just it just keeps good. You just keep getting bigger, 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 bigger. I didn't really answer your question, Wendy. Basically, that did not. I did it. I did it. I don't Uh, have an answer. So, is it safe to say you've seen Encanto? Yes. Okay. I saw it over break and I cried and I loved it. And you've been singing the songs since because they're going like on repeat in my house right now. It's like the worm, <laughs> the earworm, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. They just keep riding around in there. Yes. And yeah. Luca, that was my other recent favorite. Oh, Luca It's was precious. Fun. Yeah. Super precious. What's your favorite or most memorable live performance you've ever attended? A number of years ago, I went to a Billy Joel Elton John concert. Oh. Oh, wow. And I I especially love Billy Joel. But here's what made this concert so memorable. It was so cool. We had crappy seats, kind of. We were the stage. We were behind the performers. Oh, my gosh. And so they would play to the big, you know, the queue in Cleveland. They'd they'd play to the audience. And then they'd occasionally turn around and they'd sing to us, which was kind of neat. But we couldn't see see them a lot. But what we could see was their teleprompters. 
And ah. at one point during the show, they switched and they sang each other stuff. Elton John is so blind. When he was singing Billy Joel songs, the font on the teleprompter was like five. <laughs> it was like only three words. We loved it because we sang everything because we could see all the words and we knew them all. So, and it was just, I mean, to see them together was amazing. And then to have kind of that nuance to the performance was super fun. I love it. I could totally relate to Elton John then. I'd need the teleprompter to be very large too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can we put the cheater on the teleprompter (laughs) and I'll have my own as well. Lori, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or yourself, what would it be? I would be on Hometown, which is on HGTV. It's Ben and Aaron Napier in Laurel, Mississippi, doing renovations in their hometown. And I would want to play the part of Erin's best friend. <laughs> She's already got a best friend, but I love her. Just go out shopping with her. And, I and would. Cool stuff. Decorate stuff. Learn yeah. how to do stuff. I mean, I, you know, I would love that. <laughs> it has been pronounced Lori Gobbleday all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? John, we're going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard a commercial like that once. Yeah, there you go. That's what that's what we're it. doing. I hope we can make that a reality someday. I, I I really like the sound of that. That would be fun. That would be Sign fun. Sign me up. Yeah. Finally, Lori, if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? I don't know if this is a smart question or not, so you don't have to use it. <laughs> I think I would love to hear I, I'm I would love to hear other people's perspective about the most important skills that people need to learn or strengthen in this post-pandemic hybrid work world that we find ourselves in. I like it. Yeah, that question has not come no. up yet. It'll be very interesting because, yes, we run the gamut yes, when it comes we to do. And that's the fun part, and, and that's why we yeah. crowdsource. We don't have to exactly. think of these things. You can't really see my horrible <laughs> penmanship, but it's now in the book, so it will be asked very yeah. soon. Lori, I really, really appreciate you taking time to be here with us to talk about not only your experience and what you're doing professionally, but your time at Bowling Green. Tom, it's always a pleasure to see you. As we mentioned before we started recording, his third appearance yes. on the show, Gunning for Steve Brown. <laughs> may get there one day. <laughs> I don't know about that. We really do appreciate you and having the program be part of our community and, and all the things we're doing here. Lori, I'm sure there are going to be listeners that didn't know you, just like us, that are going to want to get connected now, particularly maybe to ask more questions about your background with BGSU. For those that want to get in touch, best way for them to reach you out there. I would love that. So thank you for asking. I Probably through LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile would be the best way. I try to really stay connected there, and then I'd be more than happy to engage in conversation. So, And it's a delight to add both of you to my network as well. So thank you for having me. And then Tom, how about you? Best way for them to reach you either personally or to talk about BGSU? Absolutely. So LinkedIn is obviously a great option. Um, Tom Daniels there and also on Twitter, as uh, both of you know, is uh, engage in some of our Twitter chats on those every other Sunday or the second, fourth Sundays of the month. Um, and I'm at Tom R. Daniels 419 on Twitter. We'll have both of those in the show notes. And then Wendy. How about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? 
uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter, 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. You'll see me there other times as well, but that time you know you'll find me. How about you, John? Well, again, thanks to the Bowling Green State University Graduate Programs in Organization and Development Change for sponsoring not only this episode, but the entire month of January. Be sure to check them out at bgsu.edu slash mod. As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, share, follow. Whatever you do, whatever platform you're on, click that check mark, that button, follow. They're all different. I can't tell you what it says, but do it. And then that way you get that new episode each and every Thursday and special episodes like these as they come out. International listeners, I don't know if BGSU may be a fit for you, but get connected with Lori and Tom, have those conversations you never know, and get in touch with us because we'd love to have you on to talk about learning, talent, whatever you want to talk about. Our goal in 22 is to have more international guests, so let's get those conversations started. Tom, Lori, again, thank you so much for being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Get back and network. network. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Had to join in. <laughs> Those people who know me know I'm all about networking. <laughs>